Hey, it's First Issue Club. We're going to talk about comics today. Woo! All right. Well, guys, we got a weird week in comics, I might say. But I'm um, Ching. I get it now. You get it? One of the books we're covering is yeah. weird. Weird. Yeah. There's a lot of comics, but they were kind of all over the place. So we're going to talk about just the state of number ones uh, this week and kind of wrap them up in a smorgasbord, uh, a buffet. What's the weirdest thing that happened to you guys today since we're talking about a weird comic? <clears throat> what was the question? So, <laughs> so the question today is, who do we got in the pod? And we're covering a comic named Weird. Um, and what's the weirdest thing that happened to you today? I appreciate it being put into a more formal <laughs> stru- structure. Oh, I'll tell you what was weird. I got pulled into a photo shoot thing at my office, and they needed me to bounce a ping pong on a really tall stool-type chair under, like, floodlights. And the premise of this was just, like, we're bringing the camera through a bunch of areas of the office and showing, like, what might be happening on any given day? And you might be playing ping pong. And I was like, I might be sitting under floodlights in a weird stool bouncing a ping pong on one paddle. And this w- is... I mean, could happen. You have a pretty wacky work environment, so... Yeah, I guess. Man, is that the weirdest thing that happened to me today? I mean, that's pretty weird. That is weird. But it doesn't spark other conversation. <laughs> yeah, like, nothing... I don't know if anything weird happened to me today. <laughs> Like, I've lived a pretty mundane <laughs> life today. Okay, what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you in your entire life? My entire Whoa. life. Oof. All right, I'll start with something spooky that happened to me. Um, my name's Mike, and once I was at a party, and I was out on the patio, and there were these, there was this light that was moving across the sky real slowly, and everyone was like, oh, cool, look, it's like a satellite or something, and we all looked up, up at the sky. And then another light shows up that's, like, a ways back from that one, and then another one, and then another one. And so there are these, like, four equidistant lights that are just, like, slowly traversing the sky. And I think it's just, it was super bizarre for them to, like, see them, like, kind of, like, one by one, like, just come into view. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of came over a horizon, but, like, it wasn't, like, literally the horizon line. And they moved like a satellite might, like, slowly drag across the sky. So you knew it was something that was, like, really high up because it was so fast. Yeah. And so small. And they kind of, like, reached the other side of the sky. And then they'd do, like, a little, like, twitchy zigzag and disappear. And all of them did it one by one, same way. Weird. And everyone on the pad. I like, said the word. I'm sorry, but it, that's weird. <laughs> so I a co- mission accomplished. Yeah, I told a good story for this. Um, everyone in the patio got kind of like quiet and weirded out by it. It was one of those things where everyone was like, "Cool, check it out." And then someone was like, "Whoa, another one!" So like everybody looked at that point. And then there was the third one. People were like, "Oh, I feel like sick." Like every you could tell everyone was like, "This can't be good." Like, yeah, that's a pretty good party ruiner. It seemed like the way like a. Uh, alien invasion movie would start. Totally, yeah. Ugh. So it it definitely killed the vibe of the party. I think at that point everyone just started drinking more. Well, could have been. 
Like, well, can I forget this? Alcohol will help. I wish I had a straight-edged guy at the party, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's been like, hey, guys. Yeah, none of this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys it's those spotlights from the McDonald's opening across the street. <laughs> Honestly, that might have been what it was. Spotlights. It was just spotlights. People, yeah. The weirdest thing that ever happened to me, this Budgie King, I was on a long bike trip. And we needed to get to a destination at a, at a certain period of time. Every night we had to uh, park out behind like a bar or something like that or wherever okay. just to kind of camp. And offhandedly, some whack, we had like a bunch of dumb idiots with us, but he was like, wouldn't it be cool if uh, a truck took us to our destination and took all our bikes so we could just get there on time? Uh, and people were like, cool idea, dude, like a semi truck or whatever. Like, weird or whatever it was a bunch of crusties if you guys don't know what that is that's like a burnout uh trust fund punk kind of kid anyway we're going to sleep my friend my closest friend on on the trip he just gets up and he gets on his bike and just goes off into the distance disappears into the pitch black night into the highway i-70 no lights on his bike this is midnight i lay in my bed for a while 2 a.m., 3 a.m., nothing. He's not back. Anyway, uh, it gets to like 3.30, and I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm like, this guy died. He's seven years younger than me, so I kind of feel like like an older brother. Mm-hmm. So I actually call my mom because I'm like so weirded out. Can right? I just say, at this point, I'm riveted. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I call my mom, and I'm just like, Mom, I don't know what to do. Like, I kind of feel responsible for him on this trip, too. I invited him on this trip. Uh, honestly, likely that he's harmed or maybe even dead. He just rode into a highway with no bikes. No, Like, my mom's like, <laughs> as a good Catholic, she says she'll pray for him and uh, just it, everything will probably be fine and to call, him, call her in the morning. So I kind of just go and lay awake, and then the sun starts to rise, and I just hear a bike roll up, kind of scoots over, And then he just goes, they won't take us, and gets in his bag. He drove in the middle, rode in the middle of the night to a truck stop, banged on truck doors, and asked them to take a group of punk kids uh, to, like, outside of Chicago in in their trucks. Like, we just knock on their doors uh, for, like, random, like, trucks sleeping in a truck stop. So your friend had a death wish. I asked him what they said to him, and he goes... Oh, they just said, like, get away, kid. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Thank you for saying weird. <laughs> Isn't that, like, insane? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Greg Liktai, and I can't really recall right now uh, anything weird that's happened to me, but I I do know a weird statistic that kind of weirds me out, is that in our lifetime we will uh, interact with 16 murderers and not know it. What? Yeah. So in our in our lifetime, our interactions that we have with people that we come and go with, there is a, st- a statistical chance that 16 of those people that you meet in your entire life uh, will be murderers. Whether you knew them as children and they grew up to murder someone okay. or yeah. they murdered someone and you they didn't tell anybody. Uh, could this count if they're inadvertent or does it all have to be planned? Uh... You know what? I don't. I don't think it's specified. Yeah, I guess we should uh, get this podcast. Star. Tip. Star.
dark horse this comic um i saw a ton of promo for everywhere and uh let me give you a little quote from somebody on the back uh and just let me know if you guys agree with this at all okay um so we got i've said that kurt pyers is one of the best new writers in comics for a bit now this book this is the book that proves that matthew rosenberg kept kurt byers mom (laughs) (laughs) uh like in Having, I guess, a spoiler for our uh, future conversations we're going to have this week, This week, having read the other books we read this week, this looks like a masterpiece. Yeah. But yeah. I also fully hated this book. This book was not good. In my notes that I put down for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Let's hear those notes. I wrote, Corny Writing 101. <laughs> My next note, it's like a bunch of storytelling devices all smashed together. (laughs) And when you think through it, there's this part where there's like a wise man monologue about like getting older. And that gets used really well in a lot of books like monologuing. And it just didn't seem relevant or to fit the situation here or the tone of the book at all. There was... um, a scene where there was like a smash cut of words through time, just like singular words. Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> I and, forgot about and that. And I'll part. say that like that's something that Tom King, who's like one of our like yeah. favorite writers, will do these like transcending through time. Yeah. But like when a lot of writers do that, it it kind of seems like it's an earned moment that like you build up to something like really really heady, and then this thing happens where you're like transversing through time or like life is flashing before your eyes this just seemed like someone read that somewhere and was just like that's a cool way to do like yeah to fill like three pages of a comic book very derivative life events contrasted against a fairy tale or allegory was the next one i had written down so many books do that really well there was a baba yaga yeah thing for like for like a page and a half and it was just like why it was being contrasted with scenes that just I never, like I never want to hear that word again unless it's in relation to John Wick. Oh, and can I tell you, like, what? two books we read this Baba week Yaga. referenced mm-hmm. Baba Yaga? Yeah, that's so weird. The Boogeyman, uh, Co- this... cocky one liners, too. Cocky, yeah. one- oh my god, the whole f- you got any other notes? Um, just that the Captain America shit was so fucking weird. Can weird we talk about as- that? Fuck. There's, yeah. This is a dark horse book, and there is a Captain America. Clear, appearance. a clear Not Captain America like, reference. How do they get away with that? I don't know. Like, is it that thing where there has to be like the, the people? Likeness? Yeah, like the people get away with Calvin pissing on whatever image for like the back of a truck decal. Like, it has to have like thirty-two differences. I think that's just because a <laughs> truck store sells that, like, and doesn't give a shit. This is a reputable comic book publisher that can't be putting comic. Captain America. uh, And and here's the thing, too. Like, I get there's been interesting books that are commentary on comics or another character who is like a larger, 
larger than the hero themselves. Like Captain America is now a concept. So I get the idea that someone would write a book that was maybe like a commentary on that character or an alternate world, like what if based on that character. Okay. But yeah, that's a comic I'd read. That wasn't this comic. But one, that wasn't this comic. So I was surprised to get this like smash cut scene where they explained who Captain America essentially is. And then they showed Captain America who has like the star on the circular shield, a mask, and looks like just like the little feathers on the side of the head, like to a T. Oh, it was. Yeah. Also, was he supposed to be that person? Is that I a know, flashback to I his know, life? I think no, the I, shithead we're reading about is that guy. Yeah. I think he's... Okay. No redeemable quality, by the way, this oh, main character. Oh, he's such a piece of shit, this guy. Well, so that's that's the thing that... I read an, I read an interview about this because I was like, what am I missing here? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like, well, I describe it as James Bond meets the X-Files. Okay. No, well... Th- You're not you going to mention it. Captain America at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, he so there, he's kind of going on, and he's like, "Well, you know, the thing about this book is the main character has a lot of swagger, and like a lot of other characters do too." It's a swagger city. It's, it's, Population it, apparently everyone. <laughs> it's like John Constantine, I think, is what he said. And it was like, "We have those books." Yeah. So like, he put everyone in a blender, and it was just like, "Let's give me this." Well, and this, you know, guy, what I need is a white male with swagger in a comic well, book. And and this guy like read as someone who thinks they have. Like, the biggest dick on earth, but has zero swag whatsoever. Right. Like, he he flippantly threw the C word out in one scene that I was like, he, that's uncalled for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another couple, yeah, like, one-liners that I was just like, you didn't do anything cool. Like, nothing demands yeah. you to have, like, a massive ego right now. I thought we were supposed to hate him. But apparently he's the hero of the story. I also hate um, hard-drinking protagonists that are also super geniuses like that's just stupid to me yeah and like kind of like like the dumbest trope yeah Yeah. what do you guys think of one of fours i think we've talked about this before i like it you guys hate it is that what we settled on if the story is good and wraps itself like it tells a whole story in four i'm fine but if it's like a weak thing that you couldn't think of like more issues so they're just like just do one of four well my thing is is that i kind of hate when a series blows its load in like two issues and then like meanders forever yeah so i would rather people who don't have a fleshed out concept keep their story to like a single arc and then call it a day and then if you ever come up with another addendum to that that you want to sell do like a part two and start it over at one the thing is they bank on people like us to support them their career though so what? We like reading comics and seeing what's new. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I'm not critiquing that, I uh-huh. guess. I'm just saying, like, they, the vast... It's I, you're, it's kind of cool, as I'm verbally processing it, that the vast majority of comic uh-huh. book readers are going to see a one of four and be like, nah, like, I want something I bigger. You. Like, I can't... Why? Or... I guess I'm the type of reader that I take a chance on those sort of things because I don't have to spend 25 bucks on a trade yeah, to get like a graphic novel, I can just like dip my toe in, hate the first issue, and then not invest in the rest. So speaking of one of four, we had a new one of four issue out on Alterna called Unit Unit Forty Four. Yes. Uh, basically, this is Tom and Jerry and <laughs> Men in Black. Uh, that is probably the perfect <laughs> explanation of what this book is. Uh, and uh, I mean. 
yeah, a, a storage unit gets uh, accidentally sold and some government equipment goes to some crazy, uh, what are those called, people that buy storage units? You just yeah, I think it. you nailed it. I don't know if there's a slang They don't have for like them. a What's a their, name? They, have a, they have a show. What's storage show? Wars. They're, they're storagers. Nope. <laughs> storagers. Remember that conversation we had about if you have a podcast long enough, you can say gibberish and you think it's real words? Storagers I, falls yeah, under that category. St- storage foragers. Storage what, you can't foragers. put that on an application. What, uh, so what was your last job? Oh, I was a storager. Well, I looked at junk. <laughs> oh, so you were a doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> I looked at junk. <laughs> uh, so Unit 44, like Budget King said, Tom and Jerry meets Men in Black. I assume... I don't get the Tom and Jerry part. It's wackety-schmackety. And like. Okay. it's like, oh, like jumping out of windows. and like I got you. Yeah. It's old cat and gonna, mouse. I'm going to yes. punch you. Like, I'm going to kill your girlfriend. That was a common joke that came out a lot, right? Yeah, so the humor in this was very inspired by, like, Family Guy or, like, a South Park. And I don't want to be too harsh on this book, because it seems like it may have been the first book for both writer and illustrator. I did not hate this book. You did not hate this book? No. I, I, I thought it was fun. Um, it was It didn't take itself serious. And, Correct. And you can kind of tell that, like, from the beginning. Right. Um, the concept, although we ki- I kind of, like, made fun of it in the beginning, is kind of interesting that it's, like, this government entity accidentally sold their cool shit because they didn't pay their payment on a, on a storage right. unit. Um, I do think that's funny. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a funny concept to, like, kind of roll with. Uh, I have no idea where this is going. I didn't even really understand the end of it, to be honest. Well, for a one of four, it was a lot. And not enough? Is that, you know, right to say? There was a lot of wording, <laughs> but you see on the cover of this, there's a giant alien. No aliens in this book. Not no. even a hint of an alien. But can I say this? Yes. That if you're in a town whose population is 44 people, can you support a large storage unit facility or a massive thrift store? So I actually didn't Probably have- not. I, Thank you, Greg. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> as far as economics goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, in this small town of 44, mm-hmm. they have a storage unit, rather large storage unit, if they're ha- having enough to auction off. Yeah. And then a, a giant thrift store where you go and sell your wares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you get cash back. Is, <laughs> is the economy of this town <laughs> just circular? based upon <laughs> the circular trading. motion of... <laughs> Selling stuff to the thrift store. Okay, that's buying it from the thrift store, putting it in a storage unit, not paying the rent on the storage unit. Someone buys your stuff, sells it to the thrift store. You buy it again, (laughs) put it in storage. See, I like this concept even better. Totally. If we flesh that out in issue two, I'm gonna love it. Yeah. You know, you know who's gonna buy that for a buck fifty? Kids. You think? Yeah, it's a kids' book. It is a kids' book. And, like, kids are going to read this and find this That's, humor fucking awesome. It wasn't, Greg, I it love that take. It wasn't I in the kids lo- section. I didn't look at it through that lens at all when I was reading it, but now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, this. I probably would have thought this was great when I was, like, nine. Yeah, like, uh, this is, like, allowance money comic okay. book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on a newsstand, and it's kind of zany. Yeah. You nailed it. Ten out of ten for it being that. Yep. If for a nine-year-old... This yeah. this book is a ten out of ten for sure. Right. So for a thirty two year old, not so much. Eh. But what book might be good for a thirty two year old? 
age of X-Man. Man, age Alpha. 32 to 55, you're going to have a lot to say about this book. Age uh, of X-Men. X-Man, wait, excuse me. I keep yeah. fucking up that name. Uh, Try to make this digestible, because I'm going to get real bored real quick if you go into anything <laughs> of, okay. of any. Um, so, Age of X-Man Alpha is <sighs> a... Oh, there we go. We lost him. <laughs> well, we put Budget King to sleep, so I'll be talking to the audience people right now. Uh, if you've been following Uncanny X-Men, this is uh, a direct storyline from uh, that series. This will um, be exploring the new event that's going to be happening happening in X-Men called X-Man, which is like a utopia is built, and we find out maybe there are behind-the-scenes goings-ons that uh, isn't as utopic as you might think. Uh, so this book is a quick intro into those six storylines you will be reading in the six new X-Men books coming out in the no, next few months. Oh, no. Six new X-Men books? Yes, sir. Six new X-Men books to make your wallet cry. Wait, I no. was so excited about Uncanny X-Men coming back and like just being simple. Wait, so is Uncanny X-Men going to continue? Yes. And then there's going to be six new series. Yes, but they're limited series. And X Age of X Men is launching those six new series. Okay, so Age of X Men Alpha is basically, I think it's just a one shot, explaining a storyline, and because there's like there's six distinct parts in this book, and like there's one our favorite Glop. It it pans on on Glop, and they go. Find out what Glop is thinking in Degenerates number one. You sold. You should have started with Glop. That should have been your lead in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Glop's here, folks. Okay. All our all of our Glop heads out there. I'll yeah. read that. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this it, it was interesting. So is Glop gonna get his own book? Uh, Glop will probably be a main character in one of the books. I can't tell you enough. This is the hottest take I'll ever take. First appearance of Glop is sitting there on eBay for $4. You guys need to get it. You know what? That's probably not a bad idea. I'll buy it right now. Pull those triggers. I think it's like new X-Men. 52 or 53? Something like that. Your guys' brains are... (laughs) I only remember that because maybe a month ago, Budget King would not shut up about it. I'm like a parrot. If you tell me something enough times, I'm just going to remember it. Uh, did you guys ever read the X-Men Christmas special? Oh, no, he's in that. Though. Yeah, there was a pretty sad story about Klopp. What happened to him? So he's at the X-Men mansion because he lives there. He's like in his little dorm room. And uh, he opens his front little door and puts a little mistletoe above his door. And he just sits underneath it in a chair, like looking for someone to walk by oh. to maybe kiss him. Nobody kisses him? It just ends with him sitting in the chair looking very attentive to make sure that he doesn't miss anyone walking by that could potentially kiss him. Oh, man, he wants love. And that's what we all want. Aren't we all glop, really, on the inside? I'm glop. I'm glop. I am glop. I am glop. Make that a new uh, hashtag for First Issue Club. <laughs> I you, am glop. If you agree with us after this episode, hashtag I am glop to show the unity with us and glop. <laughs> so uh, Age of X-Men, cool, I guess. Uh, if Okay, I'll say this. If you're into X-Men, this is pretty exciting. Okay. Because it's six books that are not going to be dragged out forever that are going to tell a pretty interesting story. The artwork looks great. We've got a lot of new, young, and upcoming writers and artists. A lot of diverse artists and writers. 
which Marvel is really good at. So a lot of people are getting their uh, their their first bite into the big two. Uh, Karen Gillan, a favorite artist, or sorry, writer of ours, launched a dynamite book, which they've been around for 15 years. They're telling you that on their covers now. Uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, which I think is a maybe a reoccurring character on Dynamite. Not familiar enough with Dynamite. Uh, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so this book, uh, any thoughts? Can I say that I, one, it seemed out of character for a Gillen book from the cover on. That it just like wasn't what I've come to expect from. Do you them. think he was in like and, a Nick Cage slump and he just needed to make some money? God, I don't know. I almost think like since it's so weird, like maybe it was reserved for dynamite just to take like an odd chance on something that might not get as much press. It was bizarre. It was corny. I like never got into it. I chuckled a couple times at how like goofball and trite it seemed like I there, think, there's I a think, hyper intelligent character I think writing a super genius yeah is just a really it's a, it's a hard thing to do well well that character never really endeared himself to me and it was also kind of the concept from Watchmen yeah exactly this felt like a lot like a Watchmen book yeah in that I think this I read somewhere that this character was inspired by Watchmen 100% it's Ozymandias yeah so the deal is, if just to get into the, the plot a little bit, that there's this guy who is so smart that the superhero team is looking to him and they're like, can't you save Earth? Can't you think of something to do? And he's like, oh, is Earth worth saving? And it's actually a trick question you need to say that, yes, people could be the answer to humanity. Yeah, so he's just, like, fucking with them, which, like, is not endearing for him to just, like, give them a fake answer no and then explain to them that, like, oh, I was planning on helping the whole times. I'm going to spoil this book because I think that's... I was working my way there. Oh, you were? You can keep on going then because I, I like where you're going. So the guy saves the Earth from an, the alien invasion and the super team says... Wow, isn't that amazing? Saving the Earth from an alien invasion has united, like, all these people who have been warring forever. China, Russia, the United States. Like, everybody's coming together over this one terrible event. And he's just like, it's too good to be true, and it's not going to last long enough. I'm not dumb enough to think that a plan like this would last forever. But he's like, it's so ingenious that the only person who could have ever thought of it is me from a different dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Next page is a guy who is him from a different dimension being like, if anyone was going to find out, it had to be me. It had to be me. <laughs> it had to be. Me. Which one, it's like the conclusions that the characters are jumping to are just so absurd. And here's the thing. We we toss a lot of shade on Dynamite. Dynamite fucked up John Wick. And, in, yeah, that's and right. until they do another good comic, they're in my bad graces. You fuck up one of the best entities in cinematic history ever made, and you just had it fucking served to you on a platter, you need to come back with a vengeance, and you haven't done it yet. Yeah. John Wick should have been the easiest comic book to make 
in the history of comic books. Right, yeah. First of all, John Wick should probably not get pets anymore because he is, <laughs> while a very attentive and thoughtful pet owner, goes a little overboard. He shouldn't love. They should do... <laughs> he loves too hard. <laughs> they should do, like, one of those uh, sequels that's, like, 20 years later when Keanu Reeves is, like, in his 60s. And at this point in his life, he, like, owns a pet shop. <laughs> and there's, like, a shoot-up at the Petland at his, like, mall location. <laughs> and then he just goes ballistic. You've killed, like, all of his animals. You know what we sh- uh, that should be written is John Wick uh, kills all of the publishers at Dynamite for writing a fucking terrible comic about him. <laughs> That's too meta. That's almost too meta. You know what? Sometimes it's ref- like we always try to find the silver linings in anything. Almost too much, yeah. Almost too much. Sometimes it feels good to just say like it wasn't good. It this was Yeah. This put a stain on comics for me this week. This is a bad week for comics. For first issues. There was a lot of other stuff. But you're right. This wasn't a good week for comics. No. Yeah. I think that's it for the world of comics that we got this week. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? Yeah. Um, Spawn had a misprint. Spawn had a misprint that people went apeshit for. Ben Affleck's no, other, no longer Batman. Which is he going to be Deadpool now? Um, you know what? Interesting loophole that he had in his contract. If he ever decided not to be Batman, he could just randomly choose a superhero and become him. Any superhero. Or her. I'm surprised he didn't choose Roger Rabbit. Do you classify Roger Rabbit as a superhero? I mean, I don't know what how else you would classify him. A maroon. A tune? A tune, yeah. <laughs> He's a tune boy. A tunist. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's what's his next superhero, do you think, if you had to speculate? He's not gonna do another one. Let's just speculate that he gets back uh, speculation. In. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh he Neymar. Is. You think he's gonna do Neymar? No, I think he needs someone more of European descent for that. Or like a Greek descent. Black Bolt? Yeah, he could he be a good he black could be, bolt. Yeah. That's a great call, actually. Um, Okay, cool. This was a different format for us. We just talked about uh, all the comic books in more of a a yuck fest, as you will. Uh, Let us know if you liked it or not. We'll probably go back to the next uh, format next week unless we just hear a a resounding, you did it! (laughs) Keep it this way! Um, Because we got a lot on the horizon, I think. we, as always, no matter the quality of comic books, are excited to read comic books. We're excited to talk about them with you, around, listening, hearing from you um, on social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we love um, interacting in the world of the comic books, and we're uh, excited either way, whatever we get served up. So, um, yep, this is First Issue Club podcast, recorded in KCUR Studios with Primary Color doing our music, edited by Matt Hodap, and uh, we are part of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. And if you liked that one episode of What's in a Game, where Mike D was on it, they uh, did a bunch of other stuff. I binged them this week, and I I drove a little bit, and uh, I I enjoyed every every bit of it. So um, if you're a gamer, if you enjoy other nerd shit, do that. All right. Uh, this is uh, Budget King, and uh, it's Miak. You're making me have flashbacks <laughs> to that movie, and like I'm instantly 
transformed into a child <laughs> and just terrified. It's a quality movie, underrated flick. Totally underrated. All of those movies are. Yeah, they're all good. All right. He was a good person, too, I think I heard. Yes, he was a very good person. Uh, this is Greg Liktai reminding you we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now, most recently on YouTube, there is a new video up there where uh, Budget King and Mike DeStacy cover avant-garde from Boom Studios. Uh, it's great. You guys really seem to like it. Uh, you viewed it uh, more than one time, so we instantly think it's a success. Uh, look out for more of those from us. Um, yeah, so find us on all the, your favorite uh, forms of social media. Like us, subscribe, make fun of us. We don't care as long as you're talking to us. Um, and with that, I will uh, show. Uh, nope, that's Caitlin's. I almost said I will show myself out. You can steal it. It's good form to steal it when she's not here. I like to do it sometimes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, this is Greg, Greg Licktie, and I will show myself out. Haha. <laughs> Got you, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm Mike DeStacy. See you later, too. Bye.